And welcome back to the November 18th, 2020 edition of Sports Talk Therapy. Uh, there is a noise coming from the heating unit over there that is concerning me quite a bit. And it is so loud that you might be able to hear it during the show. So sorry about that. Yeah, but we're still here. Uh, Sean, Colin, and Finn. We got the heat blasting and the windows open because of COVID. Uh, <laughs> The most economically efficient room in the planet right now. Absolutely. We need to disassociate. We need to threaten the... We're threatening people? It's not a call that... Threaten them economically by... What? We need to threaten to leave the station until they fix their ridiculous equipment. You're still still on this? You're still... uh... Yes, dude. None of the mics work, and it would be fine if they're like, oh, we're making an effort to fix it. But, like, they're clearly not because it hasn't been fixed. And then now the heater is destroyed... Yeah, keep talking, Colin. I think Colin, the, the mics. Yeah, I think Do, mic's those coming. all three work? Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, then never mind. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> now fix the heater, you fools. You fools. All right. Anyway, but the this, mics this are mic working. Works, it's right time. Yes, it does. It's working. This one. Colin's yelling. Chat, the mics chat. aren't working. And Finn and I have a direct view of the little like soundboard here, and the thing is bouncing back and forth. Check. 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 No, maybe not. Maybe Collins, right? Nah, it's horrible. Try it one more time. Check. 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 I don't know. I, I, no, I'm telling you they didn't fix it. There's no way they fixed it. A week before you went home. They were working. <laughs> no way. They are working on it. But yeah. Hey, what do we know? Anyway. We do know a little bit about football. We do know a little bit of, uh, wow, a little bit about football. It's going to be our usual segments, of course, here. This is going to be our last on-campus show. Yeah. Of the semester. Yes. Maybe we'll uh, have some remote from our homes over the break. Uh, Maybe after, there'll be one in Alabama. Maybe. You never know. After, after my performance in Game Fix this week, um, I'm going to need a strong, strong, strong couple weeks. Uh, if we're going to continue picking. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad of a performance at all. No, it wasn't that bad, but it, not up to my standard. Ah, yes. The classic standard of Sean. Anyway. We're going to start off with Game Spotlight here. Does anybody want to go first? I see Sean has put something. I actually shared the document at a reasonable time this week. You, you did, so. but I felt like Finn always has to get in his material first. It, it's like a rule of thumb. <laughs> like, I saw the document on Monday, uh-huh. and I was prepared. I took some mental notes, did some research, but I could not put anything in the document until Finn picked. I, and then I got, it's not true. You can pick whatever. It, it's kind of funny too because we, we'll get to it later. We have a couple of the same little weedles. Great minds think alike. That's all we'll say. All right. Um, but game of the week. This one was a no-brainer for me. Uh, Bills Cardinals. Now I caught the last four minutes of this game. It was great. Um, the back and forth nature of this, the end of this game, was unbelievable. So the Bills, obviously playing in Arizona. Good team. Josh Allen's playing really well and drives him down the field. They score a touchdown. They're going to win the game. And then right back, the Cardinals come, drive down the field. And Kyler Murray rolling the wrong way against his throwing side just throws a dime. And DeAndre Hopkins catches it over like the entire state of New York. I don't know how many defenders the Bills had on him. I believe it was four people. It was four. It was four, it was four and he caught it with no problem. Uh, the strongest hands in the league, the best hands in the league. And everyone's talking about the catch, but the thing I want to talk about is 
I think Kyler Murray, do you know that you want a Cespedes clip or the Bo Jackson clip where, or even from this year, the Mookie Betts one where he gets the ball like deep in the right field corner or deep in the left field corner and just makes an unbelievable throw? Yep. Kyler would have like the best arm in the major league. This guy. Yeah, he probably would. He's got the nimbleness of Russell Wilson, but the arm of like a starting pitcher who throws gas. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that throw was unbelievable. It's sort of like off balance. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll heave a, a 50 yard strike. And I saw some people compare it to Rodgers. I don't think so. Rodgers' Hail Marys are very high. This one was a dart. And Hopkins got it done. And, uh, the Cardinals improved to six and three. Nothing to hang your hat on for the Bills. Obviously, I mean, if you're one of those four defenders, take a lap. But great end of the game, and uh, I picked a great channel turn. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, another note about that is the uh, the fact that DeAndre was wearing those uh, Jumpman Jordan brand gloves. Yeah, it this is Jordan commercial waiting to happen. The guy wearing the uh, the Jordan gloves, out jumping everybody and catching the ball in front of four people. But uh, unbelievable that Kyler Murray even got that ball off. He should have either fallen or gotten sacked, and the throw should not have been perfect. Yeah, it, it could not have been better. That was an absolutely incredible game. Heartbreaker if you're a Bills fan. Um, Bills fans know a lot about that. Sorry, Bills fans. But, yeah, that was fantastic. It really was. And uh, a strong game for Kyler, but this was one of his worst games of the year, to be honest. And if you're able to come back at the end of the game and do that, and I love how they backed it up in post game. Oh, I know he's going to catch it, 100. percent Like no doubt in my mind, <laughs> if we knew what we were doing, we got it done. Yeah, no, you didn't. But yeah. hey, great catch by DeAndre Hopkins. Great throw by Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals have moved to six and three, going from a number one pick a couple years ago to now probably a playoff spot. Yeah, quite the turnaround there. Uh, a lot of people criticizing the move to invest the top ten pick in a quarterback. And then the next year, draft another quarterback high in the draft, but that's uh, working out quite well for them. As Kyler Murray won Rookie of the Year, as looking like a Pro Bowler this year, uh, Josh Rosen is on the practice squad in Tampa Bay, so that ended up working out there. Uh, my game spotlight this week, and Cardinals Bills. Like if we all picked the same game, obviously we all would have picked Cardinals Bills. But I wanted to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to talk about Patriots Ravens Sunday Night Football. By far and away, the stunner of the week. We all picked the Ravens here. Thought there was no shot the Patriots would even be able to compete with the Ravens with their defense lacking in recent weeks and also their offense looking unable to move the ball downfield at all. But they came out in Foxborough on Sunday Night Football, again, with a massive, and I cannot understate how massive this assist was from the weather gods, the monsoon that rained out on Baltimore at the end of that game, even throughout the entire game. The Patriots were able to ground and pound. Second year back, Damian Harris was excellent. Third game going over 100 yards after recording only 12 yards receiving or rushing as a rookie. And, yeah, they were basically able to play keep away from the Ravens for a long time. They were able to contain Lamar. Again, the elements helped out quite a bit. And they even had wide receivers throwing passes, which Kobe Myers, former high school quarterback, throwing a great touchdown there. And the defense did enough. They did enough. They weren't their usual dominant selves from last year. Obviously, you're missing Gilmore and a lot of other key pieces that opted out. But they were able to get the job done. And if every game was played in a monsoon like this and the Patriots could just run the ball, they might be a playoff team. But uh, it might be too little too late. But definitely good to see from New England getting back in the win column. 
Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And we've got a plethora of cam quotes coming up. So many cam quotes. It's unbelievable. See, the rest of these games this week were kind of not good. There were not a lot of good games this week outside of those two. I'm I'm looking at them like Dolphins Chargers was okay. I mean, I don't. I saw three great games. I saw an orange team one and two blue teams one. Doesn't happen a lot. Does not happen a lot. <laughs> I don't think it's ever happened. Has it? Second time this semester, but it's rare. <laughs> it's rare. Like, I'm gonna. Like the Lions game was awful, but I guess I'm gonna pick it because like it's the only close game that the offenses did anything in. Like, I don't know. Like Chargers Dolphins was gross. It was a gross game to watch. That each quarterback threw for like 170 yards. And Kalen Balaj had 18. Kalen Balaj rises from the dead. Dude, he's still not good. Kalen Balaj, gross. I can't wait till Eckler comes back so you can be thrown into the sun. Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I mean, seeing Alex Smith throw for 390 yards was would have been great if it wasn't against the Lions' putrid defense. Yes. Dude, the Lions just gave up 27 points to Alex Smith-led Redskins. Alex Smith, who's basically like a paraplegic at this point. No. <laughs> Dude, like... It's an inspiring story, It is a, a very inspiring story, but his leg barely, like, works. I don't even think he can gain muscle on that leg, and he's still shredding the Lions. Just shredding them. DeAndre Swift looks good. That's about the only thing I can say. Our defense is atrocious. Matt, you won. You're Matt. Yeah. What's going on, Matt? Two and seven Redskins. <laughs> Colin's standard now is getting much higher. This is a good no, thing. No, if you win, like, my standard for, as, for the last, like, the Lions fired Jim Caldwell because they were on the cusp of the playoffs. Like, they kept making the playoffs, and they made the playoffs and lost in the first round. Or they were nine and seven. Not so we can beat a two and seven Redskins team on their third string quarterback by three points in the last second of the game. That is not why we fired Jim Caldwell and hired Matt Patricia. This man has needed to be fired. I was on the give Patricia one more year train. Not go. He's been needed to be gone for weeks now. Like, get rid of him immediately, unless you're tanking, in which case keep him because he's so bad he'll lose you games. I saw a tweet that I thought was funny. Everybody, you know, likes to mention how Matt Patricia was a rocket scientist. Has anybody ever seen him build a rocket? I don't think so. I don't think so. Do, do we know that he's a rocket scientist? Yeah, honestly, he just puts that pencil in his ear that we found out is decorative because he doesn't actually write with that pencil, and he writes with a different pencil. So maybe it's just all for show. Come on, Ben. You don't See, have I was going to like <laughs> – Maybe he's just, not a defensive guru after all. He's using the game spotlight to extend my dysfunctional team commentary at this yes. point, but I hate Matt Patricia. Um, wow, NFC East is bad, man. Hey. The Giants might lose. The Giants, the Giants might win the NFC East. Which yes. is the saddest thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Dude, it's like the Giants and the Eagles are playing in like a minor league division. It's amazing. It's truly incredible. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that during dysfunctional team commentary. Moving on to our player spotlight segment. I'm going to go first with my offensive player. Uh, it's Bill's wide receiver Cole Beasley. This is a guy that all season, pretty much his entire career, has gone under the radar. Sure, he'll make a couple of nice catches every once in a while, move the chains, but he's never been a game breaker. He he and Josh Allen have had a great rapport all season. He had 11 catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown, a couple of diving catches in this game as well. 
And uh, he's just been having a great year and been going a little under the radar. So I figured I'd give him a shout out here. Yeah, he's definitely been solid. He's one of those guys like Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, like just the random guys that were really, really good for like a couple of years. And he showed up again. So nice game yeah. for him. Uh, my offensive player of the week. I thought this guy was dead five years ago, but he's played really well this year. His team is 9 0. Ben Roethlisberger, 333 yards, four TDs. The man's just a unit. He just stands back there. You know he's a million years old. He's enormous. He can take any sort of pressure, and he's still got a cannon for an arm. And uh, just really taking that whole Steeler team to a new level after he was out with injury, obviously struggling the last couple of years. But uh, Big Ben getting it done, and the Steelers are rolling. Yeah, they're undefeated, which is uh, doesn't make me happy, but it, I'm sure it makes a lot of people in Pittsburgh happy. Uh, I'm just going to interject real quick. All three of our NBA, NBA teams have made their first-round selections. The Cavs went with Isaac Okoro out of Auburn, bringing a little defense to a team that was the worst defensive team in the league for the past two years. The Pistons go international. They grab Killian Hayes, a French point guard who has a lot of upside. And the Knicks grabbed the player that I kind of wanted the Cavs to draft, Dayton's Obi Toppin. It's a good thing the Pistons have such a good pedigree with international picks and the high points of the draft. Yeah. You, you, the microphone just moved away from my face. Um, yeah, the Pistons are really good with uh, international picks. Like, uh, Dumboy is actually, like, okay. Uh, yeah, that was the, he was a rookie last year, but, uh, yeah. He's Dar- like, good old Darko. I think I, Darko Milchich is actually my favorite Pistons player of all time. Darko, so we need to unpack this. Yeah, this is... Uh, Why he's, is Darko... He's, he's not. I'm, okay. I'm lying. He's okay. awful. Okay. Darko, indeed. He just is a funny name, Milchich. <laughs> I've pretty much been boycotting the Knicks for the better part of three years now because they're, they're pure incompetence. But, hey, maybe a new team president, maybe Obi Toppin isn't terrible. Obi's good. I like Obi. I mean, I've been saying that about everyone since Clay Anthony early. Clay Anthony early. Wow. None of them have really stuck. Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, a little bit of hope for a couple minutes. Uh, no, no, it's going to come out later. But uh, word on the street from my insider sources mm. is that Jay Wright talked to Steve Kerr and Pop. What happened to your computer? Um, I don't know. My computers went out. But uh, <laughs> oh god, Sadiq Bay to the Spurs at eleven. Okay. You heard it here first, but not really because no. this is going up tomorrow. <laughs> so if that doesn't happen, then just cut that part out. Yeah, exactly. Like right where my laptop goes to. Fu- what I don't know what just happened. I don't know what to. You should just say that he's going to every team, yeah. and then you'll be right. right. So like Bay tomorrow. is going to the Wizards, the Suns, and the Spurs, all yeah. at the same time. All at the same time. Sign and trade. All right, Colin, offensive player of the week or offensive player spotlight. Sorry. Well. I'm gonna go with Tom Terrific because I I gave him the MVP last week or the yeah MVP last week even though he was like bad so now I gotta shout him out because he had a great week. Yes, dude, Tom is a beast. Like I know I kind of said last season that he kind of looked washed up, but does not look washed up right now. Um, I own Tom in my dynasty fantasy league and he is balling out. Who don't you have in your dynasty fantasy league? I, I feel like, like you have everybody. I do have everyone. Okay. Um, <laughs> Including Jake Luton. Jake Luton, beast. Um, but, yeah, dude, Tom, absolute stud. Four total touchdowns this week. 
Just a beast, dude. And that rushing touchdown was a QB sneak, tying back to my deep dive into his rushing prowess from a few weeks ago. Is that all you got? That's all I got. You want to say your defensive player of the week, or is defense still stupid? Defense is so dumb. Okay. Sean, defensive spotlight. Uh, My defensive spotlight. James Bradford. Oh, this little man, giant. This man has been unbelievable this season. Uh, I've mentioned the Giants bend not break, Swiss cheese defense. They're really, really good unless they have the lead. Well, James Bradbury is good all the time. He's had a better coverage grade according to – I'm pulling up PFF, so there you go. Thank you. Better coverage grade according to PFF than both Ramsey and Gilmore. He leads the NFL in pass breakups with 11. 68.2 pass rating allowed, 32.8 yards a game, whoever he's guarding. And three interceptions. I mean, you really can't get much better than that, especially, like, he's not playing on – I mean, the Giants defense, they're solid, but they're not the best defense in the world. And he's been unbelievable this season, just locking down with whoever he's matched up against. And uh, hopefully it continues because, uh, as Colin mentioned, the Giants went from going for the first pick to uh, going for the division. Yeah. it's 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 definitely been quite the turnaround. For the New York football Giants. We just need to get Saquon a new leg, and then we're ready to go. Then you're ready to go. Uh, I have two defensive player spotlights. One is real, and one is just funny. I'll go with the real one first. Another under-the-radar guy is Rams corner Darius Williams. He added two interceptions to his very impressive season so far. He has the lowest completion percentage allowed by any corner in the NFL per PFF. And he's just been an all-around Great compliments and arguably better than Jalen Ramsey has been this year. I know that's a hot take, but they've both been very good at shoring up the back end of the defense for the Los Angeles Rams. And now, I the second I saw this, I, I knew I had to talk about it on the radio show. My second defensive spotlight is Ravens defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. This is not nothing to do with his play on the field. If you guys know, in the offseason, he was traded from Jacksonville to Minnesota. And then when Minnesota realized that they weren't going anywhere this year and they probably weren't going to be able to re-sign Ngakwe, they shipped him off to Baltimore. However, in that original trade, there was a conditional draft pick that was traded from the Jaguars to the Vikings. And here is a headline from the publication SB Nation. Jaguars fans are committing Pro Bowl voter fraud to screw over Vikings. Good. Notice how this player is also now in the Ravens, and this relates to the Jaguars and Vikings. So in this trade originally between the Vikings and the Jags, there was a conditional pick that was dealt that would be bumped up from a fifth or from a fifth rounder to a fourth rounder if Ngakwe makes the Pro Bowl. Since it's fan voting for the Pro Bowl. There is a coalition of people on Reddit that are Jaguars fans and then fellow NFC North teams fans. So Collins Lions are in there. I've done my part. To spam the NFL voter thing for Ngakwe. So the Jags pick moves from a fifth rounder to a fourth rounder. I voted I voted a few times today. There you go. For- something about that seems Shouldn't someone have thought of that? Like, gee, he happens to get traded again. Like, well, dude, shouldn't someone, I think it's not just fan voting. Thought, shouldn't someone have thought that, like, oh, maybe the best way to do the Pro Bowl isn't ridiculous fan voting? Because it's all the Pro Bowl is also in Madden this year. The Pro Bowl is like the dumbest thing in the NFL. That's there's, saying a lot. There's also another conditional pick that if whoever's playing in the Madden Bowl, uh, if Joke is playing in the Pro Bowl <laughs> and scores two touchdowns by only running the ball. 
it turns mm-hmm. to a first round. Matt Madden twenty is better made than the Pro Bowl voting system and Pro Bowl in general. The Pro Bowl is such a complete joke. Anyone like a person who has just sat by and watched this, oh, that doesn't need to be changed. Is needs to be fired. Everyone in the, who works for NFL needs to be fired. They all are awful. Get rid of them all. <laughs> um. Yeah, and the Pro Bowl voting system, the way that they had it going for corners was that they would take the top two corners from every team and put them on the ballot. The only problem is that that doesn't include nickel corners. And J.C. Jackson, who leads the league with six interceptions for the Patriots, wasn't even on the ballot until fans were outraged and they put him on this morning. So, like, the best corner stat-wise in the league this year wasn't even on the ballot until this morning. The Pro Bowl is a joke. But anyway, I think it's amazing that there is a coalition to screw over the Vikings. Bro. Bro. Yannick and Gakwe for the Pro Bowl. Yannick and Gakwe for Pro Bowl 2020. Um, did you do your defensive? I did, but I can, oh, talk, Bradbury, I can you, talk more about James Bradbury. You did do James Bradbury, yes. Uh, rookie spotlight. I'm just going to say a couple words about 49ers. First-round pick, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. Um, he is a Debo Samuel clone. He can run the ball. He's got great run-after-the-catch ability. He's got great hands, and he's had a great year for a 49ers team that has otherwise had every other player get injured. So there you go. Pretty accurate. Um, staying simple with mine, uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. So a solid game. This guy's a player. Could be a pro bowler. Who knows? Could be a pro bowler for the Vikings. I mean, I'll go DeAndre Swift. Guy was an absolute stud this week. I mean – we get 116 total yards and two touchdowns. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not true. Um, 16 carries, 81 yards, I think. No, I just made it up. I have no 149 idea. total yards. I'm sorry. He had 81 rushing oh, yards wow. and Hold 68 on. receiving yards. Mm. I must have seen that earlier. It is 16 carries, 81 yards. Yeah. Oh, really? Was it really? Yeah. Wow. Tell psychic. Tell so then now we did. We need to place some uh, some bets on right now that uh, Sadiq Bey is going to go to the Spurs. Yeah, right now. Right now, send it. Um, continue, Kyle. Yeah, but 150 total yards for a Lions running back. Mm-hmm. Unheard of. Yeah. So, you know, good to see. I guess don't give him too much work if we want us to keep losing, but he had a sick hurdle. He He's did. Cool stuff. He's a beast. Yeah. So maybe once we get a real offensive coach that isn't – shouldn't be – Coaching Pop Warner, <laughs> but not even coaching Pop Warner because he's too not. I, I don't think he would even win that championship. I don't know. I anything <laughs> Lions around was tainted for me. So Colin, but Colin is beast. sad. Deanna's is a beast. That's you that's are sad. You are broken mm-hmm. down. You're gonna go home, get in your big underpants, and take a nap. That's a How I Met Your Mother reference for those who don't know. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. Downer shows a beast, but it's just a shame that his he's got to like grind to beat the Redskins by three points. Yeah, that's it's not ideal there. All right, moving into dysfunctional team commentary. I feel like Colin, it's a great segue into your Lions. I've basically already said all that needs to be said. About we we all Lions. won this week, but you're so sad. Well, yeah, because you guys. I guess Sean's team's bad too, but at least your team's good. My team, they scare me. I'm the. I'm, I'm just, like the more that they do well, the more I think an even larger letdown is happening. That's what like I I, I pride myself on being optimistic about everything that I can in life, but I will uh, the Browns just break me. 
At least their ex- <laughs> at least your expectations for them this year were lower. That's like, true. Last, last That's year true. must have just been brutal. Last year was tough. It was a tough year. Like, AFC Championship, Super Bowl, Browns. Six and ten. Six and Coach ten. is fired. Yeah. So, so the Lions beat the Redskins by three points. Um Stafford Say them by the proper name, please. Oh, sorry. The dinosaurs. Thank there you. we go. Um, they beat the dinosaurs by three points, barely, and ruined our draft stock, even though we're not going to be the playoffs. Because at this point, we're tank. it's tank season, so I'm rooting for losses. So a loss is a win. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I've just stopped caring about the Lions. <laughs> so no more words. <laughs> Collins at the phase of the Lions that I am with the Knicks, but maybe that'll turn around. But Collins team did my team a favor, uh, knocking down the Redskins. Are the Redskins a threat? No. I mean, yes. <laughs> Anybody in the NFC East is a threat. Yeah, I mean, we, they're they're what are they now? One game back. We, Daniel Jones will be a Hall of Famer if he only played the Redskins. He's undefeated. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. To be clear, before this week, the Redskins were two and six. Were the Giants not also two and six? They were, but the two wins were against the Redskins. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's where it comes in. Yes. God. NFC beast. Oh, there it is. So I guess I talk about the Giants now. Um, Daniel Jones, second game in a row without a turnover. Second win. Is there a correlation there? Absolutely. Uh, Joe Judge commenting on it, basically saying it's a learning moment. Things are trending in the right direction. Danny Dimes didn't trip on the touchdown run this time. Yeah, 30-plus yard TD run. Super fast, nifty going through the defense. And uh, as I mentioned, defense very strong. Granted, the Eagles are really, really bad. But hey, at three and seven, the Giants oh. with the bye week, they could be one game, a half game back at the end of the week. I mean, this is insane. Uh, with the Eagles, Finn playing Cleveland. Cleveland. Guess who we're, we're picking the Browns. <laughs> And uh, the Giants are going to be a half game back in the division, in the driver's seat. Who would have thought that? Um, it's unbelievable. This team looked terrible, but they lost a bunch of one, two, three, four, five point games, one score games, and they finally put a couple wins together, building a little bit of confidence. And with the remaining schedule and how the division looks. Playoff team, home playoff game, last Giants home playoff game. Home playoff game. Last Giants home playoff game, 2012, beat the Falcons. Yeah. Made the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know. There it is. On the schedule left, let's see. We've got. There's the one ba- team on there that I know. The Bengals, easy win. Seahawks and Cardinals, let's flip a coin, let's take one. No, let's take zero. <laughs> uh, the Ravens, okay, we need one of those three. Not maybe we can win the. Maybe we can just win the division with six wins. You uh, probably, you might, it's possible. You, you probably, dude. You maybe might. five. Maybe <laughs> five. Oh God. Uh, so I, I'm pretty. I'm confident about the Bengals, the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely do. You gotta beat the Cowboys in that scenario. You have to beat the Cowboys. I mean, I'm never saying never in this division now. Dude, I, I mean, I think the Eagles are winning literally one game the rest. Maybe one. They might lose every game the rest of the season. Do the Giants run the table? Nine Dude, the, Eagles, the Eagles schedule uh, is... You got to run in the Cleveland. 
The Eagles play the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals. Home field advantage, no fans. Exactly. The Eagles do get a game against the Redskins and the Cowboys. Sorry, Dinosaurs and the Cowboys in the last two games of the season. But the Eagles might go 5-5-1. So if the Giants get six wins, they might win. Man. Yeah, I I have no words for the NFC. They might win the division with six wins. Nope. No. And that's if the Eagles beat the Dinosaurs and the Cowboys in the last week of the season, which I don't think is going to happen. So they might, they could win the division with, it with five wins. If we just get rid of that one 49ers game where the Giants got beat by, like, as Colin say, a Pop Warner team, <laughs> they're actually not that bad. I, They've been playing a lot better. They're three and seven. Daniel Jones looks a lot better. I mean, you give us. A cumulative ten points, and we have five more wins. True, but like, but we're still. But also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like they've played like a gauntlet either. Like they're three and seven in the division. That's the worst division in football. Hey, all I need is some positivity. Trending up, yeah, trending upward. No, we're, I'm we're going to be. I would, a you have back. a chance at the playoffs. You have a good chance at the playoffs at least. Is there a rule where we can like get like a top ten pick and still be in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> there is not, but <laughs> that would be the dream. I mean, it could happen. Could it happen? No, because because no, once you make the playoffs, you're you're automatically you're put behind all the teams that didn't. Yeah, didn't yeah, but I feel like we need to make a special rule for this. Yeah, special exception. <laughs> special rule for the NFC East. Can we just like like relegate the whole NFC East to where? Like Premier League the soccer, sun? we send them to college football. <laughs> the sun. Like you, you bring get, up Alabama, Clemson, no, Notre Dame, and you have to get rid of every player that's older than twenty-four, and then you play with ten men, and you play college teams. So now you're just saying they get like a red card, and well, no, because they play... they're not in the NFL anymore. Oh, they're gone. Okay, unless they win the national championship, then they can come back. Okay, got it. <laughs> it's like the Premier League. Fantastic. College just upset because the Lions. Or no, the Lions how will be leading. Relegate them to Canadian football, and then take the best Canadian team. Both the Lions the and the Patriots. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Lions and the Patriots will both be leading the NFC East, but uh, true. Yeah. I mean, the Lions don't deserve to be leading anywhere. It's fine. Finns Browns will take care of business, and uh, we'll have a great week ahead. Positivity. All right. So, Browns coming out of the bye. Now, if you looked at this matchup on paper, you'd be like, oh, you should definitely beat the Texans. However, the Texans have a man named Deshaun Watson playing quarterback who is capable of taking over games at any moment, and the Browns' secondary is hot garbage. So I was very nervous about this game coming in. I had visions of, oh, the the Spurs made their pick. Did they do it? Oh, I stand up yet. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Okay, sorry, sorry. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but... uh... I'm hoping. Let's hope the insider intel was correct. Anyway, so my goals for this game were, first of all, to come out of the bye healthy, getting Miles Garrett at full health, right guard Wyatt Teller, and, of course, Nick Chubb. The stud back in the lineup is going to be huge. Uh, Second goal was to at least show some kind of pulse on defense that wasn't, you know, just, like I said, wet toilet paper going through the defense there. And third goal was to get a win against a team that you should beat on paper. And after this game, was it pretty? No, but they accomplished all three of these things, so I can't be mad. Browns win 10-7 over Houston. 
Uh, breaking down the game here. First of all, this game was delayed a half an hour by vicious lightning that then hit us here on Villanova's campus approximately an hour and a half to two hours later. And uh, one of our friends, Brian, was actually outside when it hit, and it was very sad for him. Anyway, first drive of the game for um, the Browns. It was a nice balance of Nick balance of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and passes. Kareem Hunt had a great tough run, and they almost got into the end zone, but there was a fumbled snap, again, due to the elements. So they ended up settling for three. Yeah, what's up? The Browns' weather, like, does it just follow them around at this point? The last couple weeks? <laughs> What was the, the, I weird, mean, the weird precipitation we talked about last Gropple. Week? Gropple, yeah. Yeah, Cleveland weather is not very pleasant, but e- even after living there for five years, I haven't seen like weather like that consistently two weeks in a row. Usually it's just a lot of snow. You don't get gropple. You don't get whatever lightning storm that was. So it was definitely weird to see the bad weather be, oh, no, it wasn't him, damn it. Uh, it's all right. We can edit that part out. <laughs> so Sadiq Bay uh, is now going to the uh, now not the, not the Celtics because they're playing Knicks. Uh, the Pelicans. Pelicans, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that. Um, yeah. So that was it. And that field goal that the Browns scored was the only points in the game until the fourth quarter. After that, which is symbols how disgusting this game was offensively. The defense. They did only let up seven points in this game. You got to give them credit for that, but that doesn't tell the whole story because there was a great stop on fourth and goal by Miles Garrett. So the Texans drove all the way down the field, but the Browns were able to stop them. The Texans were lining up to attempt what was a 45 yard field goal, but because the wind was so strong, they did this really weird thing that I've never seen before where the snapper snapped it directly to the kicker. And he did this weird little pooch punt, and it worked. The Browns got down inside the ten. Yeah, the uh, that was a, that's a I'm surprised you didn't know that it was a Patriot thing, like ten years ago. Brutal weather game. Belichick did that, and people were like, "What is that?" Never seen it before. But it's in the rule book. Someone yeah. put it in there, and no one took it out. Yeah, I've I've seen the quarterback pooch pump before. I've not seen the kicker fake field goal pooch pump before. Um, also, Fairbairn, the Texans kicker, missed another field goal later, so that was. 13 points left on the table by Houston. The Browns would have scored more points in this game, but the Texans did a great job of controlling the field position battle, pinning them deep on all of their punts. And like I said, they stopped on fourth and goal, so the Browns started inside the five. Uh, Mayfield, again, his stat sheet here was ugly, but he really didn't have to do a lot in this game. The one thing I will say that I would like to see him do better he had a. It was one drive in the second quarter. He really struggled with his accuracy. Uh, he missed a couple throws, some checkdowns, but then he missed a touchdown to Jarvis Landry on fourth and four. And uh, while Jarvis Landry's shoe did fall off, causing the announcers to think a flag had been called because the shoe was like bright yellow, um, Mayfield's got to make that throw. That's a touchdown. Um, anyway, going into the second half here, I guess the highlight through the air of the day for Cleveland was Baker converting third and 18 to the reliable Rashard Higgins. And then finally in the fourth quarter, the game was three, nothing, no longer Nick Chubb broke into the end zone. Texans went down the field and answered with five minutes left and the Browns final drive. Now I saw the Browns blowing this game. You know, they were leading the entire time. And I was thinking, okay, they're going to run three predictable run plays, punt the ball back, Deshaun's going to lead him down to score. However, Kevin Stefanski and the running backs and the offensive line dialed it up exactly as they had to. 
if we forget about the absolutely atrocious and terrifying special teams play that Donovan Peoples-Jones did when he fielded the kick, dropped it, and then downed it at their own three, if we forget about that, the rest of this final drive was absolutely perfect. Uh, Browns converted a third and one with Kareem Hunt keeping his balance. He followed that up with a 19-yard bruising run. And then third and three, ball on the Browns 40, one minute left. Nick Chubb takes a pitch to the outside, puts a move on the defender, and is gone. He could go all the way 15, 10, 5, steps out of bounds of the one, and pisses off every better in the world. And I love it. You're going to hear some more about that in Little Wheels, about the people that were angry because if Nick Chubb scored that touchdown, I think the Browns' spread would have hit or something like that. Yeah, it was three and a half or four and a half. And I, why did he step out of – like, that's part I don't understand. Why did he – I guess he wanted to stop the clock and – You want to know the answer? No. He forgot. He The the <laughs> the the, uh, the, pl- the plan going into that play was – it was called no moss, meaning that if you get the first down – no moss, just like, go down. The plan is like you should either fall or score, not go out of bounds. What happened was he broke to the outside. He saw daylight and started running. At about the 10 yard line, he realized, oh crap, I was supposed to go down. And because he is such a large man, if he rolled down on the ground, he would have rolled into the end zone. So he veered out of bounds. That's what happened. Likely story. Hmm. He, the man said it himself. Uh, the man who never talks said it himself. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. I think his uh, his brother, his cousin, his uncle had the, uh, the under. And... Nick Chubb doesn't speak enough to be involved with the mob. <laughs> he says nothing. <laughs> Nick, what do you think of today's game? It was good. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to run. I fell. This, uh... There we go. <laughs> I see you, Nick Chubb. Yeah, no, but great win. Love to see it. Again, the Browns defense... Even though they only gave up seven points, they're still a little questionable. Uh, love to see Chubb back. He came alive in the second half. And they're six and three. It's not, it's not three and seven, but it'll be fine. Did not think that I would be seeing that this season. And also, just one other note, uh, there was a pigeon that just stood on the field for uh, half the game. It didn't move. There are plays going on right next to it. It didn't move. It was kind of terrifying. And don't worry, the pigeon wasn't dead. It did fly away later. There we go. Good to hear. (laughs) All right, moving on to bulletin board material. Now I have... Did you (laughs) have the same exact ones that I did? I did. However, I found two more. All right, I don't want to to take them from you. No, I found a couple good good ones. I'm going to talk a lot about Cam Newton in this... Well, Not I'll, only here, but I'll later. First, well. I mentioned this guy already, Ben Roethlisberger. Now, uh, he was referring to he tested positive for COVID or was exposed. Forgot which one. But either way, you take a couple of days off. So he said, my body enjoyed the week off. However, my mind did not from teaching pre-K. So I guess he has a, a kid in pre-K and he was doing like Zoom pre-K. Mm-hmm. Uh, which apparently is more uh, more in his body than football practice. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yeah, definitely uh, very <laughs> tough. And I already mentioned the other one, in addition to the two Finn has. Uh, name, the, who said this quote, Colin? Yeah, I tried to stay on my feet this time. Uh, Danny Dimes, when he ran for the touchdown. Danny Dimes. He got it done, he stayed in his feet, and he stuck it to the people. He did. Love to hear it, love to hear it. All right. 
My first bulletin board material here comes from Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater on what he did to celebrate his 28th birthday. Since Sean knows about this and was also going to use it as his bulletin board material, I'm going to ask Colin. The question is, what restaurant is he talking about for this quote? Oh, Teddy, what'd you do for your 28th birthday? Had some salad and some bread. Um, it is a chain restaurant of the Italian variety. Olive Garden? Olive Garden. You are <laughs> correct. Teddy Bridgewater went to Olive Garden for, for his 28th birthday. For free bread and salad. And had some salad and some bread. That is some good salad and some bread. I haven't been to an Olive Garden in a long time. Um, <laughs> anyway, second bulletin board material, and this is a very long one. So uh, please pardon me if I pause in between it to breathe. This is Patriots quarterback Cam Newton on his nickname for the newly acquired wide receiver Isaiah Ford. So a reporter asked him, does Isaiah Ford have a nickname? Cam responds. Let me clear my throat. Yes, he does. He does have a nickname. Hot off the press. His nickname is 30 for 30. Probably asking yourself, why 30 for 30? I asked him, yo, Isaiah, do you have any nicknames? And he said, yeah, just call me Zay. And I said, cool, cool. Well, if you don't know, like, my name's Cam, and I'm the nicknamer around here pretty much for what it's worth. So tell me a little bit about you. Do you have a hidden talent? Do you play a musical instrument? Do you know how to sing? Do you draw? Whatever. He was like, no, I know how to hoop. So I looked at him like, you know how to hoop? He was like, yeah, in high school, I shoot, I averaged 30 points. I said, well, there you go. 30 for 30. That's your nickname. Boom. Unfortunately, or should I say fortunately for him, I tried to Google him and I didn't see that statistic. But the nickname is pretty much catchy. I like it. I don't know if it's going to stick. See, it's too early to tell if it's going to stick now. But as of right now, the pending nickname for new guy Isaiah is 30 for 30. That is fantastic. (laughs) Cam Newton, the nickname guy. Whoever thought Bill Belichick would have a guy like this in his locker room? And we're going to talk a little bit more about Cam Newton's nicknames later. Moving on to my third bulletin board material. You'll never guess it's Patriots quarterback Cam Newton. This time it's on Bill Belichick's influence over the weather. Another one where he, just a man of the people, just starts going on a rant about uh, just common man things. Yeah. Cam said, I'm beginning to think he either has like a Staples easy button or a Buffalo Wild Wings button or just a straight direct line to the football gods because he's like a football whisperer. When it comes to anticipating what the game's going to be like. Never thought I'd hear Buffalo Wild Wings and Staples compared to Bill Belichick. But, uh, hey. Yeah. In, in the mind of Cam Newton, those are two fine establishments that uh, <laughs> are, his coach should be compared to. He's got the Staples easy button and the Buffalo Wild Wings overtime button just sitting in his office. When is the last time you thought of this, like the Staples button? I feel like that was like a thing. Like My dad had one ago. in his office. Yeah. So I, I would always, like when I was a kid, I would go up to him and I would hit it. That was so, easy. Yes, that was easy. Alrighty, Colin. Uh, got a nice tweet from Devin Booker here. Mm. It's relatable. My golf ball doesn't go where I want it. Can someone help? It's <laughs> <laughs> so vague. Yes, classic. <laughs> and then, just like, uh, hilarious. Um, Mike Zimmer was asked Mike Zimmer's special teams guy if his special teams play is aging him he said yes <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer 
Oh, that's not good. <laughs> He's not happy with his special teams. No. They did give up a kick return for a touchdown on Monday Night Football. Yeah, they were not, they were not happy about that. Also, I'm going to play a quick clip about there's basically this dude who's like an awkward, he's supposed to be like an awkward reporter, and he like goes up to golfers and like interviews them and does weird stuff. So I'm going to play that clip if I can get it to work. He basically goes up to Dustin Johnson and like, <laughs> like wait, here we go. He's like on the courses and stuff. Oh, wait, that's that's a long time ago. Never mind. God damn. He's like <laughs> Wait, okay, you guys go ahead. I'll, once I find it all. Alright, all right, no back. worries, no worries. Well we're moving on to another segment, so are you, you just gonna come back to it later? Yeah. Start something else, and then I'll butt in. Sounds fantastic. All right. Well, I scrolled down. I saw Sean listed out his top five, so I'm going to scroll back up so I don't spoil it for myself. Um, This is top five, top five, top five. I mean, and even if Finn looked at my top, I mean, at this point, you got to know. It's going to be something either food or golf or <laughs> baseball. I mean, nothing wrong with any of those you things. You know where it's coming from. All right, I'm going to go because this ties into my bulletin board material and also, well, which Cam Newton quote was your I found the Buffalo Wild Wings. The Buffalo Wild Wings one? Okay, yeah. All right, so mine relates to the nicknames. It is not just new guy Isaiah Ford that he is given a nickname to. It is everybody on the team. I'm just going to throw out some examples here before we get into the actual top five of my favorite Cam Newton nicknames. Did you find it? Yes. Okay, here we go. Colin's back. Basically, this, this, this dude... So Dustin Johnson, the guy who won the Masters. This dude like goes up to an after an event that he won. He's like interviewing him. Just like. <laughs> it starts off. Here, I'll go to the. Here we go. So good, it's unreal. And then. That's what we did. Here comes Dustin Johnson. Ask him anything you want, as long as it's about Zach. Um, so, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you're a two time major winning champion. You've won the Masters, you won the Open. What's next for Zach Johnson? Dustin Johnson, man. Sorry? Dustin Johnson. You're Dustin. Ah. Okay, man. Now it's time to see how long you can hold a handshake. Like, like he's basically impractical jokers, where he's, yeah. like, talking to these guys, and he goes back to Dustin Johnson later, but he's, like, he calls him Zach, like, seven times. Oh, and Dustin no. Johnson's, like, so mad at him, because he keeps calling him Zach. He, like, won the event. He's like, so, Zach, like, uh, how are you? I heard you're playing. You're playing well. He's like, my name is Dustin. <laughs> Dude. Zach's the other guy. Yeah, if you want to see some some impractical jokers, but golf, go watch that guy. He's pretty funny. How about anytime anyone calls someone Alec? Wait, is another Alec? How yeah. dare they? <laughs> All right, back to Cam Newton's nicknames. Back to Cam Newton's nicknames. So here here are some of the more tame ones that you would expect. Yeah, like you know they're fairly normal. Um, some of the offensive linemen here: David Andrews is Dirty Dave. Joe Tooney is Smoking Joe. Isaiah Wynn is Winnie the Pooh. Shaq Mason is Freemason or Shaq Diesel. Depends on the day. Rex Burkhead's Berkey. Devin and Jason McCourty are twin number one and twin number two. I don't know which one's which. 
And it goes on and on. Most of them, you know, make sense. I thought that uh, Bo Allen being called Bo Diddley is pretty funny. But anyway, some of them deviate quite a bit from the just like playing off of their name. And that's what we're going to recap right here. Coming in at number five is breakout star Jacoby Myers, wide receiver. His nickname is My Germs. When I tell you I spent about 10 minutes of my day today attempting to look up what on earth this means and found nothing, that is the truth. I have no idea what it means, and that's why it's number five. Coming in at number four, another wide receiver. This time it's Nikhil Harry. His nickname is Doughboy, which is kind of confusing because he is not resemble he does not resemble the Pillsbury Doughboy in any way. About this nickname, Cam said, it comes from the character Pillsbury Doughboy, that a specific brand used for caking, the rest is history. So instead of calling him the Pillsbury Doughboy, just cut it off at Doughboy. I have no idea what that means either. I don't know why he's called Doughboy, but it's pretty funny. Number three. This is a play on a name, but I think it's pretty creative. Tight end Devin Asiasi. His nickname is Acai Bowl. I find it funny that a grown man calling another grown man Acai Bowl in a professional setting. Now, hold on. Yes. Acai Bowls. Yes. The type of thing. Would I ever order myself an Acai Bowl? Probably not. If anyone tells me they're getting an Acai Bowl, i.e. my sisters, 100% of the time, have to get one. Don't know what it is, but it tastes so good. I've heard they're great. I've never had one. It's like basically like ice cream covered in fruit. I don't know how to describe it. It's like this like weird purpley stuff that sort of tastes like blueberries kind of. Okay. In like a slushy type texture, but more frozen. Mm-hmm. Covered in like bananas and strawberries and granola. And okay. It is the most like high school girl type thing but they are really good i've heard i've heard they're very good but the problem is they're ten dollars and i can eat like seven of them (laughs) so that is an issue on to the next one that is an issue coming in at number two he named all the specialists like the kicker nick folk is kicker guy long snapper joe cardona is snapper guy and punter jake bailey is punter guy but he added another nickname to kicker nick folk it's paul pierce guy Hmm. Interesting. This is because <laughs> Nick Folk faked an injury, then balled out. Of course, this is referencing Paul Pierce in the 2008 NBA Finals, where he appeared that he got hurt, did this whole dramatic thing where he got carted off the court in a wheelchair, and then came back 15 minutes later and balled out. Yep. So there you go. And number one, it's got to be Bill Belichick's nickname. And the one that Cam chose for him, which I cannot imagine in any world him calling him to his face, but it's funny to think about, is Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. And that's my top five. Yeah, I just don't get where the y'all comes in. It's a reference to uh, Cream by Wu-Tang Clan. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. Never heard that song? I mean, I got the Dollar Dollar Bill reference, but... Oh, okay, yes. But You're yeah. right, the y'all, the y'all does not be, have to be a part of the I, name. I see Cam, like, when they practice, just like, like, Cam, what are you doing? Oh, sorry, Dollar Bill. <laughs> and, then, and then Bill Bell is like, send him to the sun. Send him into the, the sun, yep. All right, well, uh, my top five. Um, 
couldn't tell by now. Most of them are uh, either food flavored or some sort of one of the activities I like. Uh, so today, Logan likes when I cook. So Logan <laughs> picks things for me to cook. Oh. Uh, today, he decided I was making General Tso's chicken. Oh, it's great. Uh, I'm opening a Chinese food restaurant. This turned out very, very good. Nice. Um, so I thought I'd rank my top five Chinese food dishes. Kind of tough because it, Chinese food's the type of thing where you order a bunch of things and you have a little bit of each. But uh, in coming at number five, I put this at number five because I don't think it can really stand alone by itself. We're going with dumplings. Um, I feel like there's always a classic compliment. You can't go wrong. I'm talking about the steamed dumplings. You could ha- add fried dumplings in there as well, but uh, it's always a solid pick. Number four, going with fried rice. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's always packed with flavor. You don't really know what you're getting into, but always solid, always dependable. Number three, not a very popular dish by any stretch of the imagination, beef chow fun. Interesting. I mean, it just sounds fun. Yes. But also, the big fat noodles, I don't know what they're called. It's sort of like Chinese lasagna noodles mixed <laughs> with the, the beef. I sort of like It's sort of like you take the good part of pepper steak, the steak, and then like the really good Chinese food noodles and make them really thick. And uh, yeah, beef chow fun. Have you ever had beef chow fun? I have never had beef chow fun before. It sounds like I need to have some beef chow fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. I will have fun. <laughs> you mean beef chow uh number two uh there's a lot of chicken varieties we're going with sweet and sour at number two um just a classic chinese food dish uh not really much to say about it just tastes pretty good nice little orange tangy sauce and number one you probably saw this one coming about what i made uh general sow's chicken uh, apparently general so according to my roommate kyle was like some like uh general in one of the chinese dynasties i don't know I don't even know if he, he liked this chicken, but uh, it's really good. It's sweet. It's spicy. It's uh, sort of like my sweet chili wings, number one for last week. That flavor profile, just right there. That's all I need to know. Um, but, yeah, that's my uh, my top five Chinese food dishes. I definitely missed a lot. Finn, what do you think? Chinese food is one of my favorite things on this earth. I have not had beef chow fun before. So I'm I'm not going to hold that against you at all. I, I'm going to assume it's delicious and rightfully in there at number three. I think he had dumplings in the right spot at number five because there are, there are a lot of – There are a lot of like tiny side dishes too that yes. I don't know what to do with. Dumplings can be a meal, but it usually feels right to have it with something else too. And I fully agree with you. Oh, my God, dude, that looks delicious. He's showing me the picture of his uh, General Tso's chicken that he made tonight. Um Anyway, my uh, my my chef Instagram, of course, <laughs> Sean's chef Instagram only features pictures of sun sunset twilight golf with Colin and Finn and <laughs> food. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I agree with you. Steamed over fried, and now the only qualm that I will have is that fried rice is way too low. That is my favorite. That is my all time favorite. I kind of put it. I mean. You, that is you lunch, can, that is breakfast, see, that is dinner. So you can I just have, have fried those. rice. Yeah. Oh, my God. The amount of time. My dad and I, whenever we get Chinese food, we order extra fried rice and eat it for breakfast the next day. Yeah, Every that, time. That is something. Every time. Fried rice is fantastic. Fried rice? 
I just don't think it's standalone. I mean, I was it's sort of in the category for me is like I don't know, an egg roll, uh, spare ribs, wontons, dumplings. But there's also a huge. I could talk about this for so long. There is a huge discrepancy between fried rice types. The fried rice that I get from the Chinese places around here is not up to snuff. That I will get it because it's still okay. But it is not standalone fried rice. There are I'm blessed to live around multiple Chinese food establishments now, back home that have absolutely fantastic fried rice. Shout out to Wild Rice in Norwalk, Connecticut. Wow, what a creative name! I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, yeah. So fried rice, good so fried rice is my number one. I might have to start selling my own Chinese food when I get home. So here's what happened. Yes. There, the spot, the Chinese spot, Uncle Dies. Uncle Dies. Uncle Dies, I guess he died like five years ago. It just Uncle Dies died? One day it closed. Oh, no. no one knows why. It was very popular. Everyone liked it. Mm. We have not found another Chinese food place. Really? We've circled around maybe three or four, and we've settled on one that's okay. Uh-huh. It's like pretty good. Uh-huh. But I think 80, 80% of the food is what you order, and there's always one mystery dish that you didn't want. <laughs> And it's always, there's always something wrong. Yes. It's either like late and it's, it's like when you go to pick it up, it's not ready or it's Mm -hmm. been ready too long or they give you the wrong thing. It's too much. It's too little. There's never anything right. But, uh, uncle die. If you're listening, I need you to come back. (laughs) Maybe you can just get, ask if, uh, wild rice can deliver across the sound by speedboat. Yeah. Um, I was outside today swinging a golf club and it was a little cold. Um, I think paddleboarding might be okay though. I can make it like maybe three hours. <laughs> make it across the sound, pick up your food and go right back. Uh, no, but besides, I think I think you had a great list of the non. If we're not including fried rice, which is in a, a whole different planet for me of its own, General So's chicken would be my number one. So I agree with you on that. All right, um, we're a sports show, right? No, we're a Chinese food show. <laughs> All right, Colin. Um. All right. Sadiq Bay is still on the clock. Available NBA teams if you want to select them. Sadiq Bay is now going to uh, the Mavericks. Play with Luca and Jalen. Jalen. The top five PGA Tour courses that I'm excited that I want to play at some point. Are any of these on the uh, whatever trail in Alabama? No. Okay. Those are L- those are mostly LPGA. Gotcha. But is the stadium course on there? Of course. Is Riviera Country Club on there? No. Is <laughs> well, I feel like Augusta's not allowed because he's just that's private. Not allowed. Um, that unless, count. Uh, unless my, only things that are possible. When my big idea comes and I rule the world, then maybe. But uh, until that <laughs> point, no. All right. Anyway, come go. At five. I'm going to go TPC Harding Park. I saw the PGA Championship there. It looked pretty sweet. It looked pretty cool. I was, I was like, okay, TPC Harding Park looking good. I was like, looks good. I would enjoy playing that, you know? Looks fun. San Where Diego's is cool. that? It's in San Diego. It's like, San Francisco. I'm San Francisco. Nice. They've got massive trees. Like they have trees, trees like the size of a wall. Nope. They're so <laughs> yeah. big. It's crazy. But yeah, that looks great at the PGA Championship. Loved it. Would love to go play there. Four, gotta go with the Ocean Course at Kiwa Island, South Carolina. A little Ryder Cup action. 
That course looks pretty freaking crazy, man. One of the best, if not the best, beach course in the country, which is like, it's a lot of good beach courses in the country. And the ocean course is like, if not the best, it's it's up there, man. It's really really cool. Stadium course, TPC Scottsdale. You know, that's gotta come in at number three. Looks pretty sweet. Got the iconic grandstands. Arizona's that's the thing, Kong. That's why I brought it up. I found out the other day, the grandstands are only there for the tournament. Yeah, they are. So but they are, do have like a crowd there sometimes, like the 18th hole. So it's like. Sorry, sorry. You so saying if, when if you play at the like the stadium course, but you go to the hole where there's no stadium, like that would kind of be disappointing. As I was saying, Colin, if if the first thing that you mention about you liking this course is that there's a grandstand, do you envision that you are playing in the, the PGA gra- the Tour? Gra- the grandstand just look like it's so iconic, man. Like, okay, that you've seen it so often. Like, but that's my it point. It, it's not there. Like when it would still be sick. <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> you just gotta like imagine, pretend it's there. But, um. Number two, the old course, St. Andrews. I was blessed to have been able to visit the old course this winter and play the new course. Um, but when was the new course made, Colin? Oh, like in the late 1800s. <laughs> like the new course is like 130 years old. It's insane. And the new course, I, I got to, because the new course and the old course like share a couple of greens and like they're pretty, like they're like, they, they're next to each other. It was awesome. I would love to go back. Nice. Um, Play old course, so much history, man. The iconic bridge, the drivable par four, and it'd be awesome. Yeah. Or one TBC Sawgrass. I mean, where is that? TBC Sawgrass is in. What does TBC stand for? The Players Club. Yeah, the Players Championship. Depending, like I think the Players Club. I'm over the Players' Championship. Okay. The Players' Championship is the, like, tournament of the TPCs, which is the Players' Club. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, dude. TPC... Because TPC Sawgrass is... It's in Florida. It's in, like, kind of by Jacksonville. But it's, like, probably the most famous... It, it's, Scottsdale's up there, too. But, like, it might be, like, the most famous. They have, like, the Island Green... That's unbelievable. And, like, it's just, just, dude, so many events have been played there. It's it's unbelievable, man. I would love to go play. It's, like, soup. It's crazy. Like, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Colin is excited about TBC Sawgrass. This is leaving out, like, Pinehurst, number two, like, a bunch of great courses, man. Black, love to play Beth Page. All the, all the, I'm, I'm playing all these courses after the RTJ trail. Yeah, yes, of course. All right, so moving on here to Low Weedles. I have three, so so hopefully I don't take anybody's. So I'm gonna let you guys go first. Well, I don't have. So. All right. Um, you can always um, be loaned one. There's not much interest. Don't worry. Yeah. So my little weedle, we already talked about it. It was Nick Chubb. Uh, just oh, going between falling out, falling out of bounds instead of scoring, not stopping. I mean, 
It was just like why a, is he a little weedle for that? It was like a, they won the game because he did that. It was like a cruel troll. It wasn't. I mean, it was a mistake, but to a lot of people, it was probably pretty cool. But I kind of liked it because, like, I don't bet. I didn't bet on the game, so it's kind of funny for me. But uh, the fact that, as you mentioned, Nick Chubb says next to nothing and has to defend himself is pretty funny. Uh, but Finn, go. One of my little weedles is not Nick Chubb. It's the people who yelled at him for not scoring. There was a man with a blue check mark on Twitter, so he got verified for doing something, who said this ridiculous statement. So if Nick Chubb is such a selfless player, why did he run all the way down to the one? Why didn't he go down as soon as he got the first down? I mean, he could have fumbled at some point. It was still about numbers. He wanted those rushing yards. Yeah, I'm still pissed. Okay, sir. I mean, kind of true, though. Why wouldn't he just go down if he got the first down? Do you do you think that you're thinking about that when you're evading tacklers yeah, and you're near yeah, the sideline and you've hit? Wide open grass? Why does it matter? He made the right choice. They won the game. People are mad just because they're betting on the game. They have nothing to do with the actual game. Yeah. They have no part of this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't need to go after the actual player. It. He did nothing wrong. Why are you saying that, oh, he's such a selfless player? Like, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to make it like his? this is a big fault for him? He doesn't care about what you bet. No, he doesn't. He does not give a damn. So stop piling on Nick Chubb. The man did nothing wrong. Take your so own. I didn't bad watch out of the game. Was the game over? No. So what? What? The Browns were up three. Okay. It was third down. Okay. Nick Chubb took a pitch. Well, what, how much time is left in the game at this point? One minute. Okay. Texans have no timeouts. Browns get this first down. Game's over. Sure. However, Nick Chubb puts a move on number twenty on the Texans, runs down the sideline for about thirty or so yards, and then veers out of bounds of the one. And they need a game, and the game's over. Interesting. Yeah, I never. They I probably still would have won if he scored, but he might it's scored, sealed yeah. that they won the game. Sure. And like he said, he was just in the moment, trying to run down the sideline, and then he remembered and he realized if he went down in bounds, he was going to roll into the end zone. So he veered out of bounds to the one, and the Browns won the game, and they're six and three. So I don't give a damn if you lost money on that game. Stop yelling at Nick Chubb. Anyway, my other two little wheels of the week. My first is going to be Ball State football. This is for not subbing out their wide receiver, Trevor Holt, before a play in which he went in motion. So they motioned him across the formation, and because he was injured, he was hopping on one leg. It looked like he was doing a potato sack race. Not a good look for Ball State football having an injured player go in motion. Second little Weedle, or third little Weedle, excuse me, is going to be Army football. Yes, our nation's troops are, are not immune from little Weedle. They ran a fake on a kick return where the return man threw it across the field to another returner in the hopes that nobody would see him and he would be able to scamper down to the end zone. The only problem was this throw went directly to a Tulane defender and then he just ran to the end zone. So it was like an interception that occurred on a kick return. Not a good look for Army football. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go with Masters-themed Little Weedles because, like, it's the Masters. Got a couple. So, <laughs> John Rom played with Bryson, I think, initially in the first grouping. And after, it's kind of summarized the round that Bryson Jamo had. Stone Cold Cold. Yeah, they asked they asked John Rom. So, did you help like Bryson like look for like that ball, like his ball? And then he was like, "Which one?" <laughs> Bryson was sprayed all over the place at the Masters. 
And then the classic, Tiger Woods. Tiger. Poor Tiger. Tiger's had a great run. He's been so good at Augusta. And the man just makes the 10 on the par 3. <laughs> Which is just so tough, man. Two shots in the water. Blading a chip over the green. Just proves how the pros are not immune to making 7 over par on a par 3. Now... Bubba Watson made a 10 on this par 3 and then won the Masters the next year. So it might just be a strategy from Tiger Woods where if yes. you make 10 on this par 3, you you automatically win the Masters the next year. That's how it works. Seems seems like that makes that's what it is. That's what I've learned in my 4 years of studying statistics in college. So that's yes. how it works. Gar that is actually the Guaranteed. only You have to win the Masters <laughs> if you make a 10 on this par 3. Dude, it's wow. crazy though because I'm okay. In that round, besides that shot, like, it was one of Tiger's best rounds at Augusta, I believe. Um, like, I got to check and make sure, but I believe he birdied, like, yeah, he was, like, in the round where he makes this 10. So he's seven over par on that hole. He's still one under for the round, I believe. No, I'm sorry. He was not. He was four over for the round. And then he birdied. Every other hole but one. Yeah. So he makes a 10 on the par three and then birdies five of the last six holes. The, the man on that nine hole strat, and those, so that nine holes. Imagine shooting a 10, you shoot seven over on one hole, and you're three over for that nine. That is <laughs> that is utterly ridiculous. And that is like that dude, that just shows you like what a different level these guys play on. Like playing a harder course than we'll ever play in our lives. He makes a 10, puts three balls in the water, and then birdies five of the last six. That's pretty crazy. And literally is only three over. Like, he shoots a 39 and seven over on one hole, man. That's just absurd. Tigers. Tigers still got it, man. I'm excited for next year. Nine next year. 140 days, I believe. Yeah, that's Masters. right. That is correct. All right. I just looked at the clock, and I realized that I know we say this every week. Oh, no. We're gonna, do we even have time game picks? Oh, we do have time for game picks. Are you kidding? We're that is. To apologize to all the guys. Again. We're gonna, even though I said last week it won't happen again, it happened again. Sorry, guys. Right, speed time. So speed. last week, um, I think I picked four or five wrong. It was a lot. Sean made eight and six. I went nine and five. Colin ten and four. You were doing really well, but you did get Sunday night and Monday night football wrong. So you were. Did I not pick against the Bears? You picked the Bears. What? What? Did we all beat the Bears? No. Dude, I can run the okay. All right, I can run the tape back. <laughs> yeah, and we, we can, back. You can you have a rebuttal. Okay, we we can see what happened. Maybe here. I maybe I did. Maybe I was trying we, to go against you guys. We, but... we will review the tape. Yeah, I that may, maybe it makes. We sense. will not yeah. stop the count. Anyway, moving on to our week eleven picks here. Uh, Sean is nine games ahead of me and eleven games ahead of Colin. That makes me two games ahead of Colin. Thursday night football: the Cardinals at Seahawks. Seahawks. Cardinals. Seahawks. You guys the game. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Chargers, Jets. One, two, three. Uh, Chargers. There we go. But the Chargers are also ridiculous. Uh, Titans, Ravens. This is a good one. I'm going to go Ravens. I keep picking the Titans and I keep losing. But I'm going to do it again. Titans. Patriots, Texans. Patriots. Mm. Texans are very dysfunctional. 
I believe in my germs, go boy. I don't. Bo Diddley. We're going Texans. Texans. Patriots. Bengals and di- at dinosaurs. Uh, Bengals. Uh, <laughs> dinosaurs. No, Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. We'll go Bengals. Dinosaurs. Falcons at Saints. Saints. Jameis Winston Saints. Saints. Still the Saints. Falcons. We're, we're taking a risk there. Steelers at Jags. Even though Mike, T- Mike Tomlin has an immense amount of respect for the Jaguars. Yeah, Steelers. 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 Lions at Panthers. Sorry, buddy. Panthers. Actually, you probably would like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go Panthers. Lions. Hey, look at you. Uh, Eagles at Browns. Give me my boys. Browns. Giants have to out. No time. Browns. Dolphins at Broncos. Dolphins. Dolphins. Sneaky playoff contender. Yeah, Dolphins. Sean was right all along. Packers at Colts. Ooh. That's a little tough. I'm going to go Green Bay. Packers get it done. I'm going to go Colts. I don't mind that pick, Colin. Cowboys at Vikings. Vikings gets 500. Dalton starting, so I gotta go Vikings. If it was Gilbert, I would go. Upset good. pick of the week. If, Dallas. If it was Ben Denucci, Kansas City at Las Vegas. Sorry. So, so I said if it was Ben Denucci, it's a lock. Oh, it's a lock. Uh, I mean, Chiefs we, at Raiders. I can't pick against the Chiefs, Chiefs. but like, the Raiders Chiefs. are not bad. Raiders are not bad, but I can't pick against it. I'm going Chiefs to. are better. And finally, Rams at Buccaneers. That's a good game. Which Buccaneers team shows up? They're in Tampa Bay. Tom, terrific. I got some on Tampa. All right, that concludes our game picks for week 11 of the NFL season. Hopefully we can catch up on Sean. Um, At a minimum, we will continue doing the game picks and be posting them on our Twitter page at STT underscore Villanova. But hopefully we'll be able to do some shows after finals wrap up over the break. And maybe come at you live from Alabama after we have been destroyed by golf courses down south. Anybody else have anything to add to the people before we sign off? Nope, that's pretty much it. Great semester. Great yep. shows coming Great over semester, break. Boys. And uh, we'll be back, and I'll be getting two Hopes Cookies ice cream sandwiches. Oh, we'll see oh, about we'll that. We'll see about that. NBA teams yeah, draft Sadiq Bay. <laughs> I had the best week this week, so. <laughs> yes, you did. All right, have a great week, everybody. Stop the steal. You guys are stealing my you're stealing my game picks. Stop the steal. Sadiq Bay!